been home since uh, game one. I mean, it just goes to show we have the best student section in the state. Uh, they know how to come out. We live off of them. That crowd is the best crowd in the state, by far. They give us the energy, the juice to keep going. We got a little low in the third quarter. They're still rowdy. We pick it up in the fourth. We hammer it home. Oh, yeah. This is a uh, good team win. We fall all the way down to uh, four quarters. This is a confidence booster for us, for our team, and um, I think this, this is going to um, boost us for uh, Newtown next week. It's just a big one. We last year we had a, it was a very good game last year, competitive. We ended up losing that game. It was just great to come out here, do did what we did. I had a slow start to the second half, but it was amazing the way we finished. Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to the Meat Grinder, your weekly dose of high school football talk in Connecticut, and we have reached the, the official mid-season of the high school football season 2019, and what can you say, Pete? What, what do we got? It's been fun. Um, you know, I can't believe we're going into week seven next week. It's week seven, but it's because of the buys, this yeah. is the mid-season. I just can't up. believe we've been doing this for seven weeks already. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we always it's, say that, it's yeah. yeah. I know, I know we always said it, but it, it, it's really flown. Um, we've seen some surprises, some some really great games, some really great matchups that have come through the new scheduling. Um, it's been it's been a fun ride. Yeah, so far so good. I feel like we really have not got started yet. Really have not got started. We had EEE, whatever the heck, the, 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 the Skeeters, which I, I guess we're over with that. Are we I done with so. that? I think so, but Lyman Hall Guilford was moved up. Yeah, and, and, and Waterford as well moved up. Uh, they lost to Fitch uh, on Sunday, but... Uh, you know, it's just taking forever to get, it, there's just been no, no flow. flow. You know who said that to me? It was Tom Brockett before I saw them against Watertown two weeks ago. And he's just like, there's just, it, we're, we're missing that big Friday night where everyone rushes back to our, your phones or your, your radio or your internet and to find out all the things that happened. They, there's just too many big games all over the place. Sundays, Saturday afternoons, Friday more Friday afternoons, Friday, you know, it's just been crazy. Uh, so, um, you know, hopefully we're done with that stuff and we can get into an actual high school football season that, that feels like a high school football season because this has been scattered and everything. Anyway. <laughs> well, we got, we got a big week com coming up. There are some really good, intriguing top 10 matchups this weekend and a lot of big games for teams that, though they are 5-0, and 4-1, oh, and one, we're really going to learn a lot about them in the, in the, in the next yeah. couple of weeks. Well, this is a huge week. But uh, at the top of the show, you heard the wild scene at the McClary Complex. Yeah, Jake McAlinden and Will Bergen all fired up. They, they long homecoming. They had like three games on the road over a month, and uh, they were treated to a, a, a great scene by the by Ramland. They're, I guess Ramland when, when Cheshire is good. Yeah, Ramland is awesome. Well, Ramland was rocking. They were they were off the charts good. Uh, I don't know how. Uh, Steve Trafone does it up there. I'm like looking at him the whole time. I'm like, how are you managing these guys? The AD over at Cheshire. I'm like, how are you managing <laughs> these guys? They're singing the Bon Jovi and they're singing Sweet Caroline. They're turning the sound off and they're just they're just going nuts. They're waving flags. They got fat heads. Uh, Cheshire came out and the first thing the students did, they run over to the fans and and, and thank them for their their service, I guess, or thank them for their support. <laughs> I mean, it's great. They they do a great job and they were they were booing Massic and. 
and they, they come up with a, a big win. Listen, they were not even in that game, Massey. It looked a little lot closer on the scoreboard, but that was the, the you heard those two guys talk about their fans and the support they have. Cheshire is 4-1. and one. And when we also heard from Saturday night, the scene over at Brookfield, of all places, where Danbury showed up, they came across the across the border and they, they came to Brookfield High School to, to serenade the the uh, the Hatters who are also four and one yep. after their big win over Trumbull um, and a little bit later on the show we will have the head coach uh, Augustine Thierry who's done just a tremendous job in two years really has we talked you know we we, we talked a lot this past weekend uh, some coaches have talked about changing the culture yeah <laughs> and uh he's definitely one of them who has done that in his year and a half there at danbury yeah whether you know and we're going to talk about it more with him but the jerseys and they got the new logo and it just kids coming just back really, to play for danbury yeah it just really rejuvenated that program and it's they were fun to watch yeah they were fun to watch i mean it wasn't a perfect effort we'll, we'll talk to him about that but you heard from ja joiner uh, the Boston College, great defensive end, man. I'm so glad I got to see him play. And then we also heard from uh, DJ Donovan, who's the son of the former head coach, Dan Donovan, who, uh, you know, he's a great linebacker and a, and a fullback, man. And he's he's got some moves, too. We like him. And uh, so they're, they're – it's basically judgment week for a lot of these teams now. Yep. Basically judgment week for Danbury. They're going to play Newtown at Newtown in a mm-hmm. game – that I guess there was some little extracurriculars, some some list or something that that Newtown put out, or somebody from Newtown put up, basically disparaging Danbury, and Jod Joyner alluded to it a little bit. He said, you know, there was some stuff that was said that we took exception to, and uh, so that's going to be on Danbury's mind as they face Newtown, which apparently they're they're going to be without uh, Miles Ricks for the uh, for the foreseeable future, the great running back, but they still have uh, done. And they still have the quarterbacks who've been playing great. They still have Riley Ward. I mean, they, they, it's a good team. They have a lot of playmakers on that team. Yep. CJ they, Cuomo, uh, right. Jason Garrity. So we'll see how they do without uh, Ricks uh, against Danbury. This is a big moment for Thierry's team. We'll talk to him about that in a little bit. But another huge, huge day is going to be another Saturday. Not EEE related. related, right? But it's after a pretty quiet, for the most part, pretty quiet week in the FCAC. Now we get, now we have some showdowns, yeah. You know? And one of them, ironically enough, is not Staples versus New Cannon. I mean, New Cannon had a big win coming off that loss against St. Joe. They did well. They're three and two though, and Staples just got run over by North Haven. I was shocked by that score. I mean, is North Haven has been struggling, but North Haven ran Staples over, and that was shocking to me. So that's not the game. The games we're going to be talking about is. St. Joseph hosting their old pals from Ridgefield. Undefeated, undefeated Ridgefield, I believe, is ranked eighth. And Mm -hmm. St. Joseph is ranked number two. Some people think that they should be ranked number one. They had an unbelievable game against Fairfield Prep, and as that rivalry is renewed again. And you know what, though? Fairfield Prep hung in there. Yeah, Fairfield Prep, you know, I don't want to talk about this every week. Oh, this team's scheduled, this team's scheduled. Fairfield Prep is a really hard schedule. Uh, They hung tough with St. Joe's. St. Joe's wore them down at the end. You know, scored a um, bunch of points in the second half right. to kind of pull away. But even both both one and two, both Hand and, and St. Joe's kind of got slow starts this week. Yeah. And that has everybody questioning, oh, is St. Joe's one? Is Hand one? Hand didn't look like a number one team. Look, you win. They, you know, Saint, uh, Hand won 42-7. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it wasn't a number 41 one. 41-7. 41-7. Yeah. six. Norwalk scored the first points of the game. Oh no! On a big touchdown, everybody pass, yeah. freaks out. And, and Maloney did that against him in the L finals. <laughs> Teams are going to take their shots against Daniel Hand, and, the, and we know that. Uh, 
Um, but uh, but as you were just saying, yeah, uh, St. Joe had some trouble putting – perhaps a good team. Perhaps a really good team. And that Champ Long kid, the quarterback, Champ Long. freshman, he's getting better and better every week. Yeah, Champ Long, who was getting all sorts of love from Mike Quick on uh, ESPN <laughs> Radio in New York. Kid's um, good. Quick, he went to, went to see the, the rivalry over at uh, Raftery Stadium. He was all over Champ Long, man. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> but he was also all over St. Joe. St. Joe's is great. Diamantis and the defense. Morrissey, they were played unbelievable. Really nice. But so they set up their game against Richfield. Richfield takes care of Wilton, Pete, as expected. Yeah. That's 22-0-1 over a lot, since 1996. When that uh, they, Wilton has not won that game since night since I again like I, I was a senior in high school it's crazy I was six yeah <laughs> jeez <laughs> um, but th- that's the that's the first game on Saturday so that's at uh, that's at Hog Hill up on Hog Hill on the campus of St Joseph High School one thirty be there be square then the second game if you if hopefully you can get in there's no traffic on the Parkway is Darian versus. Number three, number four, Darian versus number three, Greenwich. Now this this is a good one. Um, Darian has had a test earlier this year. Uh, they did play Southington. I think it was week two or week three. Um, you know, a top ten ranked matchup. Um, but Greenwich really hasn't really Nobody. been tested. Nobody. Um, so this is a really big game for Greenwich because everyone's trying to figure out. Okay, Greenwich is five and zero. Oh, they're really good. Is this the same kind of Greenwich team that they had last year? And we're still kind of sitting there saying, you know, we're shrugging our shoulders like, I, I don't know. No. I don't know. So this will be a huge test for the Cardinals. Massive. Um, this, is, this is a massive game. You know, we talked about Jack Wallace when they were going into New Canaan. Is this the game? You know, is he the real deal? He was playing so well, and he sh- balled out against New Canaan. James Ranello, the quarterback that no one is talking about. <clears throat> that no one is talking about from Greenwich. 14 touchdowns, one interception. He's played great. In replacing Gavin Muir, who was our first team All State quarterback, yep. this is it. This is his. This big, is your moment. Now. This is his big. This is big matchup. This is his moment. If he could seize this moment, you know, Greenwich. You know, it's really funny. I had to ask you who the Greenwich quarterback was before the show started. I, look, when you talk that's about how, Greenwich, that's how kind of under the radar this kid is, and Greenwich for that matter. Yeah. I mean, you talk uh, Greenwich, you talk AJ Barber. Yeah, and rightfully so. The and kid is uber talented. You talk about their defense, legit. you know, and, but you're sitting there, it's like, well, someone's got to get him the ball. You got to make the throws. Well. This and, is this is. We're going to talk about more of that later when yeah. we do the picks. But this is his moment. Yeah, this is a big moment, for, and, and from uh, Anthony Morello too, the head coach. Grant. Yeah. This is his first big game as head coach. I mean, you you look at all the ones they 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 played nobody. Yeah, you know, it was just basically a very under the radar type of thing. Now, what are they, what are they hosting them? Right? Yep. It's at, at Greenwich, Greenwich High School. At Greenwich. That's at a tough ride from St. Joe. I mean, that's that's cutting it close. Well, we're going to be at both. We will be at both. We did this what last last year, year week one. Where I had to leave the you Saint- left the St. Joe's New Canaan game, I think, in the third quarter. Right, and, and then you I still got, were late to Grand. And I was still late because it was a park. It was a mess on the parkway. Yep. So it's a big, big week coming up. There's other things going on. Um, how was your weekend? Busy. Yeah. Busy, right. Busy. Uh, Anything that could come out of it? I was. I'm going to be honest with you, and it's not like we we enjoy talking about this kind of stuff, but just right off the bat, the Lyman Hall Guilford game was awesome. Yeah, I, I saw. I saw great, the first half. Great tier th- uh, SEC tier three game between two very good teams. Two of the best players in tier three going at it, and Charles mm-hmm. Wolkett, Shakespeare Rodriguez. Wolkett had two touchdowns in the first half. It looked like Guilford was going to kind of pull yeah. away. Much Lyman to my Hall, chagrin. Lyman Hall hung around. Uh, Shakespeare Rodriguez scores a uh, running touchdown in the first half. Then he scores um, late in the first on a seven plus minute drive. 
Uh, Lyman Hall got the ball. They scored with three minutes left on a Shakespeare Rodriguez touchdown. Then Guilford goes right down the field, a big 40-yard, a big uh, 50-yard pass, gets them inside the 10. And you're like, oh, here comes Guilford. They're going to they're gonna pull away. Uh, they're going to come back. They're going to win. And Shakespeare Ra- 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 Rodriguez comes up with a pick. And the game's over, yeah. and it was it was got really chippy at the end. Yeah. It was really disappointing to see such a great game end in that fashion. Uh, both coaches, you know, spoke about it at the end of the game. It's, it's in my story. Guilford kids were, were diving at the knees of, of Lyman at Lyman Hall when they were kneeing it down. Yeah, I can't. Um, do that. Guys, you know, and I, I'll give I, I know you're frustrated. Give but. every I'm going to give all the credit in the world to Guilford coach Anthony Sa- yeah. Sa- Salvati. He came out right at the end of the game and was like. We did not tell them to do that. This was not a coaching decision. Um, he goes, we reprimanded them after the game, and you could be sure that we're going to reprimand them when we get back together on Monday. Yeah, lots and of And I give him a lot of credit for that. But it was it was kind of disappointing to see because it, it really put a sour taste in your mouth after what was such a very good game. That's a great win for Lyman Hall. They're 4-1. and one. Yeah. I mean, that, that was, was a huge win because they really hadn't done anything as well. No, but this is – that Bill, was a big win against Bill Wyrock. Yeah. Was Bill Wy- when he takes over this program that had just been so bad for so long, and he five and five, five and five. Now he's into their third year, and they're sitting at four and one. Yeah, they're almost. Yeah, they're they're probably going to go over his yeah his uh, his to- his win total from yeah. the last few. I seasons. mean, they have a very good chance at at winning, you know, six seven games maybe. Depending, you know, their schedule kind of picks up here in the second half. But it was really nice to see, and, and Shakespeare said it after the game, like this was the pivotal moment for them, and they knew it. Going in, when they looked at their schedule, they looked at, okay, this Guilford game, we're going to circle it. This is our pivotal moment. This is when we're going to know whether we're for real or not. They won the game. It was great. And They, then, they got another big one coming up. Yeah. Notre Dame Fairfield, which – On the road. Really interested. Beating at Northwest Catholics, so that should be interesting. But yeah. you were saying, I'm sorry. No, it just it was a it was a it's we're going to be interested to see because Lyman Hall that was their first big test. Now they're going to have a couple of them down uh, down the road. Amity after Notre Dame Fairfield, East Haven. I mean, th- these games are all not gimmies. These next three games for for Lyman Hall, especially that Amity game. Uh, Amity plays great defense. And East Haven, uh, even though East Haven got shut out, kind of. I was there. Yeah. Yeah. N- at, a new Fairfield, Thusin, good. The quarterback, who I'm not going to try and pronounce his name, he's got like 13 letters. Constantinides. He's going tweet, to Johns Hopkins. Tweet, I tweeting think. his name is just the most impossible thing in the world. He's a fo- he's a great Fogo and the cross. <laughs> but he played great. They shut out East Haven, uh, and then I went big win for them. Berlin at Lewis Mills uh, Saturday. Lu- yeah, on Saturday, Lewis Mills hung tough for a while. Berlin finally put him away. Yeah, boys, um, the thing with Berlin, as I said it on the show earlier, they their offense is still trying to figure out its identity. Look, they've lost Rubiak's out, Undercuffler's out, uh, Libera's out. And they lost more starters against uh, Lewis Mills. I, I think Joe uh, told Pete Wallace after the game, they're down eight starters now. <laughs> That's unbelievable. That's unbelievable, yet they're still sitting here at 4-1. Yeah. It's a strange it's a strange setup there with uh, with Berlin. But your boys came through for me, so thank you, Berlin. <laughs> I know I know Pete picked uh, Lewis Mills to win last week, and uh, so I'm fired up that they were able to prove me right when I said Berlin does not lose those type of games, even a banged-up Berlin. So... Um, you know, getting back to Friday, but Friday, everyone was, again, everybody salty. Salty. I mean, you talk about your game, you know, some some pushing and shoving going on there, some, you know, untoward activities. Then I get up to to, uh, to Cheshire, which was a great atmosphere. And, I, you know, I realized that uh, Cheshire was, Massive was going to be in trouble because they're small up front, they, and, and Cheshire is massive. You wrote a story about them last week, and they just scored. They just couldn't stop them. 
McAlinden's fun to watch. He's awesome. He's so fun to watch. He's, he's, a, fun he's a ham. Him. He is total a total ham. He's been here three years. I'm like, hey, and I I hadn't seen him all year, and he's just like, hey, Sean. I'm like, yeah, here it is. <laughs> so uh, he was know. he was DMing us. You guys come to the game. You guys yeah. come to the game. And I was like, yo, I'm gonna see what practice today. We'll talk. Yeah. And he's like, are you, you guys gonna, are you gonna come? You guys are gonna do a highlight like this and this? He was like all excited. Yeah. He's so. a he is a friend of the program. Yeah. He, he he's we great. like him. But great everybody. Kid. But so and, and good for Drust. Real quick on this, Cheshire does not belong in tier two. That is a fact. I and I said it a couple weeks ago, and I said it when they got moved. I don't care what Cheshire did the last ten, two, five yesterday. I don't care. They're Cheshire. They're double L Cheshire. They belong in tier one at all times. Same as Xavier. Same with Notre Dame. And and Al's Al Carbone coming at me. I got Craig Semple from Hand, who helps him put together the SEC schedules, saying nothing's wrong with the schedule. Yeah, it is. Hand should never have been down, and they got ki- killed for it. And now Cheshire's down, and if you look at their schedule less away, I only see one game, or maybe two, Southern in that doesn't count. Sheehan, maybe. You're giving your top teams a pass in Tier 2. Ask any of your other coaches in Tier 1 what they think of Cheshire being in tier two. They think it's a joke. Yeah. That's well, Richie Bosa. Who would have moved down? Because you, you would have had to move someone. Guess what? You got to get there rid of are only, You got to get rid of the There system. are two levels in the SEC, yes. not three. Yeah. Okay. See, that's, then that's, that's a good, I thought it was, that's a good response. I thought it was dumb that they made it three tiers. Yes. Because those middle tiers now, Amity's a double L school and they're not so playing any of them. So is Hamden. Hamden's a double L school. I mean, you guys have got to figure out what are we because the playoffs are based on your size no matter what. That's it. But you guys are doing it by power, and you're giving double L schools like Cheshire kind of a pass compared to West Haven. Ask Richie Boucher if he thinks it's cool that Cheshire is playing those teams, and he's got to play the teams he's playing. Or prep. Or prep. Or Xavier. Or yeah. Or I mean, you know. No, no, I'm saying there's I don't a care. lot of examples. It's just it, it's because of the three tier system. It's not it. It's not perfect. Shan shouldn't be playing the tier, the teams in tier two. They're an S school. Sometimes yeah. they're M. They're mostly M. But it's not a, your league is not strictly an M. You're mostly L, double L's and L's with Shan thrown in there. You know, as the smallest one. Um, you know, you're you just there's a. Well, well, Richie Boucher said it, and we were talking about it before. You know, everyone's asking, like, what's up with West Haven this year? And he goes, what's going on Great this year? Quote. What, uh, what's up with you guys? What's the matter? Well, we played Shelton, Newtown, Connor. That's what's the matter. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's fair. That is a fair statement. They are, they are, and, and we had Jeff Roy earlier on the show uh, earlier this year, and he talked about it. He goes, we don't have any weeks where we can look at our schedule and say, Okay, and I'm not saying <laughs> you have you, to get up every week. And I'm not saying that what we've said a hundred times over. You have to balance it out. Amity Double L shouldn't be playing. You know, the the tier two teams. I mean, Amity should be in the in Double L. And I, and, and I know the Amity people. Oh well, we're not. Well, are we doing this by power or are we doing this by size? I mean, the state does it by size, so we kind of have to do it that way if you really want to be fair. Yeah, I think the SEC, and, uh, you know, we, we, we talked about it with Farazi on this show. If you're if the SEC is going to be the leader in the scheduling alliance, competing schools, pitting schools against each other the size, the conference needs to follow suit yeah, immediately. That's, that's to get, if you want this to work, 
if you want, you can't say, oh, we're going to do our out-of-conference this way, but we're going to do our in-conference this way. It doesn't make any sense. It's, it's two conflicting ideologies. Right. So then you could argue, though, that sitting there, well, Guilford's L, Hand is L. Should Hand be playing Guilford? And they do. I mean, like, you well, know. Well, they I mean? do. I think they do more because it's a rivalry. Right, right. But I mean, there are, listen, there are teams in, that are L teams that can't compete with the hands of the world. And you know what? That's okay. Yeah. You know, that's where you know you can't just give these teams a free pass. Yeah, you know? I just think I just think again, and I've said it. It's before, not fair I said to the rest again. of the state. And again, the, it's a I don't, problem I, across the state. I don't think it's a problem for the other teams out of the conference. I think this is more of a problem for the SEC teams. Right? No, no, no. What I'm saying is, is that it's the CCC does it strictly, basically by class, give or take one or two. Like that's yeah. how they schedule. You know, and the large schools that are in the SEC in tier two. You know they have an e- if the if they happen to have a good team like Cheshire, they're going to get in over the teams that are in tier one that are playing each other. And, yeah, you know. And what is that? How is are they the best team in your league? I mean, Cheshire's going to go to the playoffs. Let's be honest. I think they're good enough. I, I think they're going to get in. Yeah. But like you know, you got to go move them down to tier two. Guys, stop yelling at me for pointing out the obvious. And I'm not the only one. You think it's just me? No, you just have the biggest. I just have, have the, the megaphone. So. You just have when you're you're on the biggest. But Alan, stop chirping at me, okay? <laughs> Jeez. And then I got this guy, another guy, telling me that Cheshire should move down because it needs to get a breather. That's not how this is supposed to go. No, it's not how it works. We're supposed to find out who the best teams are, mm-hmm. and you're supposed to play every. You know, the teams that are your size. You're not supposed to give passes to the teams that throw them into like a garbage tier two. It's, it's crap. Yeah. Anyway, well, just for a mid-season report, which teams have really kind of stunned us or surprised? I think Simsbury is it. Uh, I think we knew they were going to be competitive going in. Five and zero, I think, is a little bit of a is a little bit of surprise. They beat Hall, who beat Cheshire. They beat a good Amity defensive team. Um, they beat up Amity. They beat up Amity. They beat up. South Windsor, I was there for that. They beat a down New Britain team, and they beat Conard, who beat West Haven. Right. Um, they have a they have a big game coming up in two weeks against Southington, mm-hmm. and they got Glastonbury the second of last week, and Enfield, who beat Glastonbury. Um, so they go Southington, Enfield, Glastonbury in two weeks. Uh, that's pretty hard, but they're good. They have a very young, they have a very good team. Um, We've been waiting kind of for Simsbury to do this. Yeah. Remember, they've had some pretty good kids over the years, and Dave Masters has done a pretty good job there, but they just haven't been boss. And now they're 5-0. and I'm voting them pretty high. I'm voting them in my top 10. But they're coming up. Yeah, they got Southington, Enfield, which is no slouch anymore, and then at Glastonbury, which is which yeah. is huge. And they I, got I, they got some good guys. Uh, their, uh, their quarterback, Aiden Bushans, yeah. super talented junior, um, can run, can throw. Um, they got some good guys. Daniel Danielson, running back, very good. They got a lot of good guys. I I, I like what they're doing up there, and uh, I but I do think it is a quote unquote surprise. Any other surprise? Who else? Who else is surprised? I mean, I I love the way Rockfield has been playing. Restore, they're restoring the rock, my friend. Yeah, <laughs> they, I couldn't have done that story at a better time. Yeah, they no. are restoring the rock. I think the big surprise was. With them obviously being five and zero is a surprise. I thought they would be competitive in the Pequot. I think the surprise for us, we talked about it last week, was the top, the North Pequot teams yeah. are beating the are beating up the Southern Pequot teams. I think that was a little bit of. Surprise. They don't have divisions in the Pequot this year. Uh, there's no Uncas, but the Uncas traditional Uncas teams, the Rockvilles, the SMSAs, the Ellingtons, the Grandies, Stafford. They're all good. They're all. It's. It's top heavy yeah. over there. And, you know, Jaquan DeFore is one of the 
I think we agree. One I of love the best John O'Coin. But I think that's the big surprise. John O'Coin wasn't a quarterback. Yeah, he that's wasn't. Right. You know, they had they had Ben uh, Ben Ambro the last couple of years. Yeah. He was great last year as a senior, and then they bring in John O'Coin, who's a very good athlete. I think he played a little running back, played a little wide receiver last year, and they were like, "All right, we're gonna we're gonna let him play quarterback." And obviously, he earned the job. He won the job. He's learning. He's getting better, but he's come in and he he's played flawlessly. So I think that's great for Rockville. Um, in L, I think L really in L Maloney's five and L. Maloney you know, Kevin, is a huge I shock. I've said this before. Oh wait, wait. yeah, Pete at the beginning of the season. <laughs> He's like Maloney's got nothing. Platts, you're going back to the playoffs Me, now. Maloney's sitting there five and zero. Five and zero. Kevin plays everything so close to the vest. He doesn't tell anybody anything. Wonderful um, scouting report, yeah. Pete. <laughs> yeah, I know. I nailed that one. Uh, Angel is playing awesome at quarterback. Sophomore. How do you pronounce his last name? Arc. Arky. Or R. 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 C. R. C. No, no, no. We got. Somebody we got. We got to figure that out. But he's playing great. Cam. Cam Moreno is putting up Victor. Uh, Victor Cruz. Victor Marquez type numbers. Where was he last year? Yeah. He wasn't one of their top two receivers last year. Um, so he's playing great. James Tarver's doing his thing. Their line's awesome. Trevin Santiago is the returning man of that offensive line from last year. He's killing it on defense as well. They're sitting at 5-0. and And you look at their schedule the rest of the way. They got a big game against Newington coming up this week. And then they got Weathersfield at the end of the year. They got a down Windsor team. And then the Platt game's kind of always a toss-up. That's a, that's a series that is literally tied. Like, all the years that they've played, it's like one or two games off. Like, they're like it's a competitive game, so that thing's a toss-up every year. But you're looking at Maloney, and you're like, okay, Maloney's going to the playoffs. Yeah. And I don't think anybody saw that coming after they had such a heavy senior class last year. Got They got to the finals, well, and we they need all to, graduated. We need to quickly look at the Class L standings, because this is ridiculous. This is crazy. Hand is number one there, uh, in the Class L standings. St. Joseph is number two. Everyone thinks they're going. I mean, even Mike Quick on his show said they're going to the – it's going to be the – He's calling it now. It's the final, and I, I agree with him. Yeah. Maloney's, as we just talked about, then you have Berlin, which is, you know, stitched together with duct tape and, uh, you know, and staples. Um, and, and they got, uh, they're going to play Plainville this week, which had a huge win over Tallinn. But Berlin, I forgot that they're, they're L. Yep. They're L. And I'm looking at the rest of their schedule. I mean, they got Bloomfield. They got Plainville. New Britain. And New Britain. So, I don't see them staying there right now at number four, but the, here's the here's the surprise team is Weathersfield. Yep. You know they have been playing really well. Um, their only loss is the only hand. loss at the hand in a game that they had a couple leads in. Um, yep. And they have Bristol Eastern, which has been better. Middletown, that's a test. Maloney Weathersfield on uh, November eighth at uh, that's going to be at Weathersfield, so that's a big game for them uh, in the coming uh, weeks here. And they also have Hall and Newington, so Weathersfield not out of the woods yet. Nope. East Lime is sitting there at number six. Uh, they play at hand, the this at the Surf Club this week, and then they also have Killingly and Fitch, which had a big win over Waterford the other. And they also play Waterford, Waterford. on Thanksgiving. They got a hard schedule hard schedule up. the rest of the way. Quinnipiog's four and one. Quinnipiog Valley, man, four Ugh. and one. They play Bullard Havens, which I saw that game. Good game. I mean, well, I don't say good. There were a lot of turnovers. ATI versus Bullard Haven. But Bullard Haven's still a class in CTC. Um, so anyway, they they Quinnebog Valley's got to play Bullard Havens, but and then they also have to play Cheney Tech and Thames River team. We talk about surprises. Four and they're four and one, I believe. Yep, they're pretty good too. So there, now that's something. How about Xavier sitting there at number eight? Xavier is sitting there at eight. <laughs> they got a big game against Shelton. Coming Shelton's up. coming to town. That's a huge one. Shelton and coming back to back losses. And there might be pretzels there, Pete. 
<laughs> Lucky you. We'll see. But Xavier's got Shelton, Notre Dame, Hand, North Haven, West yeah, Haven. Yeah, that's that's going to be a tall order. Mm-hmm. Woodstock, Woodstock Academy's still sitting in there. Oh. New Canaan at number 10, Notre Dame, West Haven. They're probably still in the running here. But <laughs> Notre Dame, West Haven's loss is to Hand and St. Joe's. I can't no, get over yeah. that. But Fitch, again, big win uh, uh, against uh, Waterford on Sunday. Wilton, despite losing to uh, Ridgefield, I mean, the Bennell, Staples, Stanford, New Canaan. Keep an eye on Wilton. Massick 3-2. and two. They got Guilford a big game this week. And then Newington. So there's the, it is a bottleneck, man, in Class L. And I don't know where that's going to end up. I mean, that's what we thought was going to happen with Class M. Class M is a lot more clear-cut. Rockville, Killingly, Weston, 5-0, 5-0, 5-0. Granby, so Waterford, there, yep. SMSA, East Haven, despite their loss, they're at number seven. And Lyman Hall right there, four and one. I don't, I mean, I see a couple other teams that could probably get in there. Platt's still in the mix. New Fairfield's still in the mix. Crack Co-op, which has a, it's a lot more bigger teams come up. But Crack Co-op's sitting there at number 13. Cheney Tech. So, I mean, uh, those, those two divisions are, are pretty nuts. And then, then looking at Class S, Bullard Haven, Sheehan, Woodland, Ansonia, Bloomfield, WCA. That's another surprise team. Yep. Uh, they got Holy Cross, Oxford, Wilkett, Wilby, and Gilbert Northwestern the rest of the way. I can; those are interesting games because I could, as quickly as I could see them go nine and one, I could see them drop a couple of those games too. Plainfield, Plainville with their big win over Tolland, that puts them in the mix. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be interesting in Class S. Plainville against Berlin is going to be huge for them because the rest of the way is kind of in their favor. Yeah, they got Rocky Hill, Avon, Mills, and Farmington. The rest of the way. So if they can get by Berlin and go five and one, we might see a return to the playoffs for Coach Tim Shea. That would be nice. We uh, we like Tim Shea. Anyway, yeah. that was a big win for his guys. So let's quickly jump over to Class L. We talked about Simsbury, Newtown, obviously sitting there. Ridgefield plays uh, St. Joseph this week. Darien they play Greenwich this week. Darien uh, Greenwich is behind them. They're both five and zero. Naugatuck, we know pretty much about them. Their season basically begins and ends on Thanksgiving. They're probably getting it in anyway. Doesn't matter. Southington, that should be very fascinating because, again, like you said, Simsbury, Glastonbury, and then Cheshire, Cheshire. by the way. Yep. The kids were all fired up, up, whatever, 33 nothing at halftime. You know what they were saying? We want Southington. We want Southington. <laughs> Can't look ahead, though. Cheshire's right behind them in the eighth spot. Uh, we talked about them. And then Danbury. Speaking of Danbury, it's sitting there at number nine. Let's bring on our guest this week. Joining us on the show, of course, is the head football coach of Danbury High School. It'll be Augustine Thierry and second year coach. And, and welcome to Connecticut. We haven't been able to roll the welcome mat out for you, but it uh, seems like you've done pretty well uh, on your own, huh? Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, so far, so good. Thank God. So give us a quick rundown. So where are you from? Where have you been? And how did you end up at Danbury? Well, um, I started my coaching career actually at Kennedy Catholic uh, in Somers. Um, I would say, wow, it has to be about uh, 18 years ago at this point. Um, spent my first seven years of my career there as a JV coach and as a varsity offensive coordinator. Um, ended up taking the same position, uh, the offensive coordinator position down at Kennedy in the Bronx. So Ooh. I was a, I coached, a, <laughs> I was at uh, two different Kennedys for the first uh, 14 years of my career. Um <laughs> So, you, I guess Kennedy Kennedy or Waterbury wasn't <laughs> open for you. <laughs> no, no, but, you know, there's still, there's still time. You know, um, making my rounds, but um, yeah, I went down to Kennedy in the Bronx, and I was an offensive coordinator down there uh, for, for a few years, and then eventually took the head coaching job. The last two that I was there before coming to uh, 
plant my flag here in Connecticut. <laughs> and and is your wife from here? Yes, my wife is from Shelton, Connecticut. Oh, there you go. So that's what ultimately uh, brought me over this way. So what attracted you to Danbury? So were you were you looking to get out, or did you just see an opportunity? I mean, it's you you've moved to you moved to the state. Um, I think were you here before? You were commuting, right? From 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 the state. You were, where where do you live? You live in Brookfield, right? Yeah, I um I actually moved up to Brookfield about five years ago, and I was commuting. Um, from Brookfield to the Bronx for for about wow. a good four and a half years. Yeah, wow. four and a half years of commuting that probably took about eight off my life. But uh, <laughs> it was, um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, eventually the plan was uh, to come back up to Connecticut and eventually be able to to uh, you know land a job uh, closer to home. Uh, I, I love being out here. I moved to Brookfield. Love 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 the town of Brookfield. Um, love being in Connecticut. Um, so the goal long term was was certainly to be up here. And the Danbury position, the Danbury uh, job, um, was one that I coveted. I think probably above any um, because of the potential that I just saw there at the school. Um, you know, the, the sheer size of it, the yeah. amenities, everything, everything that Danbury had to offer. The city itself um, just had so much potential. So when the job opened up, you know, I interviewed for it immediately. And uh, thank God, you know, I was able to get it. And really, as, as I went through the process, I mean, as much as I coveted and, and, and thought that this would be a great job, um, the, the more time I spent here and even through the interview process realized just it, it, it was better than I had ever even imagined. Yeah, you know, you've really come in and kind of uh, changed the culture, shook it up a little bit. I mean, Dan Barry, before you took over, one in nine, two in eight, one and eight. Yeah. You know, they haven't had a winning record since 14 when they went eight and three. And here you are. You went four and six your first year. You guys are four and one now. Was that kind of part of your, you know, proposal when you interviewed for the job that you were going to, you know, take the biggest school in the state and get them to be competitive right. once again? Because that's football? the biggest. That was always the biggest thing. It's like Danbury has some, it's like Greenwich size, maybe even bigger. And they just can't win a football game. I mean, what? I guess the question is, what, what, what was it going to take? What did you see that you know needed to change in order to get Danbury to be back playing as a football power? Well, I think with any program, you know, everybody talks about culture, you know, and that that's certainly the most significant thing going in is, you know, changing the culture, really establishing your identity and what you want the program to be, and. Um, you know, my proposal when I interviewed, you know, the, the number one thing um, I felt and I feel is the most important part of the job is building relationships with the kids. And, you know, that that's that's a sincere that's a real thing. And, and you know, when you when you build those personal relationships with the kids and you really get to know your kids and you immerse yourself in every part of the process with them, you show them your commitment uh, to helping them become great. The fact that you know, you're willing to be at every workout. You're willing to be there for, you know, the entire duration of the offseason. You're invested in their personal gains and their, their, um, you know, development in school and really every aspect of their lives. Um, you know, they'll, they'll they'll do anything for you, and you'll do anything for them. And, and and that's that's the that's the best part of this job and the most important part. And you know, I wanted to make sure, you know, that that was that was something that I established early on. And that they knew, the, you know, the place that I was coming from, and, and who I was as, as as a man, and who I was going to be in their lives. And what, once you establish that part, everything else falls into place. Yeah. 
you know, the work ethic, you know, the off season, the, the training, you know, they immediately see the results of that. Um, they see, you know, in this era, you know, kids, they want to know why they want the why to everything. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what, what is the why, why, why do I have to do this coach? Why are we working out? Why are we do? And once they see the results and you could explain to them how this is going to make them better, how this is going to improve um, their, their lives and their ability um, they buy in, and that and that's that was the first step. That was the most important foundational part of the process, you know. And then bringing some of the things that I learned in my coaching career and re- on the recruiting front, and um, you know, I hate social media, but you, you couldn't tell by my. <laughs> I could not account. tell. <laughs> I was gonna say you're like Mister Social Media. Like I've never, I only met you for the first time. I'll be up at the Trumbull or for the Trumbull game. And but I feel like I've known you for two years because all I do is see you. I mean, I talk to you on Twitter. I mean, you're all over the place. You hate it, though. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, I saw the value in it. Um, it started when I was at Kennedy in the Bronx. And, you know, it, it's just such an unbelievable recruiting tool. You know, it's one of the only forms, social media platforms that allows you to interact directly with college coaches. Um, so that's the main thing was just, you know, this is a way for me to promote the program, make football and Danbury exciting again. Um, be able to connect with the community, com- connect with the city of Danbury, which has there's so many great people that that that, that care about football, that want football to be great. Um, you know, reeling them in and letting them see, kind of opening the window to what we're doing here as as a football community. You know, it's been the kind of the gateway to rally support, rally interest, not only from the community but from the players from within. You know, and um, you know, and the people within the building, you know, you right. talk about this is the largest, uh, you know, school in, in in the state. Well, you know, how, how do you connect and how do you get these kids to realize what's going on and be interested right. in it? And it, Twitter has been a great platform. It's it's um, just getting back to the, the schools, the schools makeup. I mean, it's, it's a very big like, I mean, uh, South American immigrant t- type of town now. Um, and a lot of people were saying, well, I don't know if they can play football anymore because a lot of these guys are more soccer players or, you know, they run or they do. You got some good basketball teams, but for the but was there was there kids walking around the halls where you're like, that's a football player, and I got to have him on my team? It was did you have that, or was it something else? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it was a little bit of both. You know, there were there were some there were some there was some great talent and great character kids that were already here and a part mm-hmm. of the program. As low as the numbers were when I first took over. Um, you know, there was definitely quality over quantity. So mm. we had a great foundation in place and our seniors that graduated last year, you know, they were just so eager and excited to have an opportunity to work hard and do the things necessary to be a great team. Um, and then, yeah, there was a little bit of, you know, kind of beating the streets, you know, going out in the yeah. halls and Hey, Hey, you come over here. You know, that, that <laughs> definitely some of that, you know, we have a lot of confidence in our coaches on, on the staff and our ability to develop talent. And, you know, once we recognize anybody's potential, you know, the first thing I said to one of my coaches that was on the tr- in the track program, I said, listen, get me everybody you have. I'll take <laughs> anyone. I mean, you need and speed. Great. And, oh, they're phenomenal. I mean, we have we have one of the best track programs in the state. You know, yep. Coach Murray and Coach Leroy Johnson, they do a phenomenal Always. job. So, yeah, so, and they were more than willing. You know, that's how we ended up with Malik Thomas. I mean, he was a track product. He was a soccer pro- uh, product. So between Coach Howard and Coach Murray, uh, you know, they, they, they kind of, you know, passed him over to us, and we were able to just do some great things with him. And uh, he actually just scored his first touchdown as a true freshman uh, for CCSU. This yeah, last I saw game. that. Really I saw that on Twitter. Yeah, how about that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Well, and, you know, you're, you're, you, you, you say you don't like social media, and, and we talked about how you use it so much, but it's pretty incredible to see that there are some coaches in the state who are, like, terrified of using Twitter and social media. I get it. And, stuff, and I get it, and yeah. I understand it, and I, I just think it's so... I don't know if this is the right way to say it, but the way that you use it, you make it, you know, you make all those kids seem so proud when you like tweet out their highlights or you tweet something out. It gets, it gets like 30 retweets and a bunch of favorites and, and any game story we ever do about Danbury just kind of blows up on social media. You just, you made it seem like very cool to be a part of it, you know, to be a part of the Danbury Twitter verse. That makes any sense. <laughs> Yes. No, it makes a ton of sense because that's part of the high school experience. I mean, how how much did we love as kids? You know, for us, it was opening up the paper the next yeah. morning. But, you know, just seeing your name in the box score or, or one sentence about something you did in a football game, you know, and now look at look at what it's evolved into. You know, we, we live in a different era where social media and, 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 and digital media is such a big part of everything. And, you know, it, it's awesome to build that that online community so that when they do do something exciting on the field you know they could celebrate it the next morning and 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 it's, let's be frank i mean it, it's a motivating factor you know and it's also a way for our kids to connect with the community and you see that too you see you see the fans and and the parents and yeah. everybody's involved you know it's just a big network and we're trying to build a family that goes beyond just our locker room you right. know that involves our community and the people in our city and and this is the way we're able to do it. So that, and that's why you see, yeah, all the likes and the retweets. You know, it's it's awesome to see. Yeah, we love it because it translates into page views. But yeah, <laughs> I noticed um, <laughs> the game on Saturday when you came out. You had four people up in the stands, and it. I'm assuming this might happen every game, but as soon as you walk out, it's very quiet, and they were like, "Augie!" and like everyone like started going crazy. Is that something that? Who are those people? And does that happen like every game? <laughs> I'll tell you, no, those people are my, uh, those are my family members <laughs> who, who, when I was coaching in the Bronx and playing games in Brooklyn and uh, Staten Island and, uh, you know, the five, all over the five boroughs, never were able to come to my games. So the fact that I'm now closer to home is an amazing thing. I, I've, I've had, you know, it, my wife and my daughter have made it to more games um, the past year and a half than they did probably in all my years that I was down in the Bronx. So uh, it's just great to be able to have my family be able to attend these games so, and, and also share in what's going on. So it's a really great atmosphere, a really great family atmosphere, including your family. And uh, and then you also have uh, kids who are like actually coming back. You know, you, you lose a guy like Deontay Vines for a few years ago and he's killing it. He's going like, where is he? He's going to Iowa, right, Deontay? Yeah. Um, he's over at Taft now, but there are guys who are actually like, you know what? I, I'm going to play for Danbury. I'm, I'm coming home or I'm going to. So that must be a big thing for you, too. Yeah, I mean, I think, again, it, it all connects, you know, the fact that they're able to see, you know, the positivity that's going on and and the culture that's being built here. They they, they feel, you know, a magnetic uh, connection to that. They want to be around it. And and truthfully, like in the case of a Deontay, he loves these kids. You know, this yeah. is this oh, is I his know. family, too, you know, just because he went to Taft. You know, he, he still connects with these guys and cares about them tremendously. And, you know, he hits me up all the time and just tells me, you know, coach, you know, we're really proud of really proud of what's going on there and keep he's it a, up. And, you know, just, he's a good kid. it's we, we, we encourage each other. Yeah, he's a he's a great kid. And, um, you know, and that's what Dan Berry is about. 
you know, and I want more people to see that and to, and to understand that, you know, and, and you look at the two kids that came back from Stepanek, you know, that, that, that was a big part of it, you know, right. them seeing, wow, you know, we're kind of missing out on this. You know, we, we always hoped as growing up that Danbury would be, you know, this exciting program and, and now it is, and here we are down here. And, you know, I think if we come home and we could do it together, you know, some great things could happen. And sure enough, look, look, look at them. They're both, you know, huge catalysts to some of the, yeah. the, the changes that have occurred here. Yeah, and one of the guys that came back from Stepanak was Artes Taft, correct? Yeah. Yes, and Xavier Ross. And Xavier Ross. I mean, Taft games. had an unbelievable game on Saturday. He's only a sophomore. Yeah. Only a sophomore, yeah. Yeah, was that, you know, this kind of progression from him coming back and not only not only coming back but being a sophomore and playing at such a high level, did you kind of know the kind of player that, it, uh, that you were getting when he came back? Oh, we did. Yeah. Yeah. We knew, we knew what, what a dynamic talent he was. Um, you know, when he, when he made the decision to come back him both him and Xavier, um, you know, we knew it was going to be a blessing and, um, you know, and then getting to meet them and really know them on a personal level, um, every bit as exciting as them, as the athlete, you know, just what they can bring to the locker room culturally, you know, they're, they're both just fun kids to be around. They got great personalities. They're both hardworking kids in and out of the classroom and on the field. Um, so they're just, you know, you're trying to, like I said, build a culture. And those are some foundational pieces. Those are guys that get it, that, that encourage the others to work hard. And certainly the talent, you know, talent-wise, what they bring to the table yeah, is unreal. Let's talk about the actual foundation, though. Jason Saccone, quarterback. Uh, DJ... Donovan, and of yes. course, Ja Joyner. Oh, and Jordan Augusto. We and Jordan Augusto. Can't leave out my boy Jordan. Oh, yeah. Can't forget <laughs> him, too. But you guys, you have a yep. nice core. Uh, tell me about these guys and, you know, and what they've meant to you. Yeah, and you and you got to, I mean, I, I could talk about, about 20 more guys. Yeah. <laughs> you know, my other captain, Kyle Jackson, Malachi yeah. Hopkins. who had Oh, Malachi, I forgot him, too. Ezekiel, Ezekiel Elliott this past game. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, all of them, all of them, uh, play integral roles and, and that's, that's the beautiful thing is that there, there's, there's 50 something guys in that locker room that are, um, bought in and that are all feeding off each other's energy and work ethic and ability. And, um, those guys in particular that you mentioned, I mean, DJ Donovan is, 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 I mean, he's like a grown man. That's an adult. I have adult conversations with him, (laughs) you know. Well, I mean, his dad's a principal, so I mean, you know. Yeah, he's got to be on his best behavior. He is. He is. And and, and that's that's so important too, man. I mean, his dad was once the head coach here. They get it, you know. Administration, um, you know, athletic director, Chip Salvestri. These guys are football guys, and they care tremendously about what we're doing here. And, um, you know, DJ is just a chip off the old block. He's, He's a great kid. He's like having another coach there in the locker room. And, um, you know, all those guys, Jordan's a tremendous leader. Saccone, Saccone is, Saccone's Nuts. got unbelievable voice for a young man. I mean, he, you're talking about a 4.0 GPA kid. Um, he was a starter on the varsity baseball team as a freshman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Played JV basketball, suited up with the varsity basketball team as a freshman. I mean, he's not phased um, at all by playing with guys above his age or, you know, um, at that level. You know, he, he has unbelievable poise, and, and that's that's the one thing we always talk about with the quarterback position. You know, you got to have that, and, and, and he certainly does. Well, let's talk quickly about Ja. ja. I mean, this kid, I, this was the first time I saw him live. 
kid's got what's the wingspan is like seven feet <laughs> seven foot wingspan the field, yeah. he's just um what how do you guys try to maximize his i'm sure he gets a lot of attention he does get a lot of attention or they double teams triple teams how do you try to get him to make free him up to get him to really disrupt teams well i mean i'll tell you right now my defensive coordinator has done a phenomenal job of utilizing his strengths and creating mismatches um you know, he, he's a guy, obviously, you got to pay a lot of attention to. And it's a, it's a combination of his explosiveness and his wingspan and size and power. And, um, you know, anytime you have to devote attention to him, you know, then you're not devoting enough attention to number 56 over on the other side, yeah. Kyle Jackson. Or, you know, uh, Nick Smith, who, who we didn't talk about, who's another force for us on both sides of the ball as a sophomore. Um you know, DJ Donovan in the middle and Tyrell Jones. I mean, we, we have, we have talent all over the field and, you know, if you have to devote that much attention to him, which you do, um, obviously, I mean, he's a division one talent. Um, it just frees up everybody else. And, and he's got to be probably one of the most unselfish kids I've ever coached in my career. Um, so he's willing to do anything it takes to help the other guys be successful and help the team win. And that's just what makes him such a great old all around player and all around yeah. kid. Tremendous going to BC. They're gonna they're gonna get a heck of a player. But you guys have got a big moment here. This is like it. So you you start off with Greenwich defending double O champs. Okay, you know it, you you hung around there a bit, but they were they kind of did their Greenwich thing and, and pulled away. Then you had a bunch of games you had to win in order if you guys were gonna really do what you set out to do. You needed to win these last few games, especially the Trumbull game last night. So now four and one going into Newtown, which is I don't remember the last time Danbury played Newtown. Um, and, uh, you know, so this is a, this is like Newtown undefeated. This is a big moment for you guys on the road. Tell me about this game and, and what it means for you guys, uh, going in. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, listen, I'm, I'm the, the, the coach speak is always going to say, well, it's, it, you know, it's just another football game, you know, but, um, certainly, you know, we, we, we looked at when we, when the schedule came out, we, we looked at the Newtown game and circled that one twice knowing, you know, this is a potentially a rivalry in the making. And um, we knew, obviously, they were going to be one of the best teams on our schedule. Um, so, you know, the goal, everything you just said is is 100% true. You know, we went out there and said, let's control the controllables. Let's get out there and win the games that we believe we, we should win um, so that we can get into the, you know, the, the meat grinder of our schedule and be able to um, be in this conversation. <laughs> And um, in the case of Newtown, I mean, they're, they're, a, they're a very well put together team. Coach Patterson does a phenomenal job. Um, you know, they, they got a good group of seniors on that team who are poised and, uh, you know, are, are, are really disciplined and play great football. So uh, we're just excited to be in this, have this opportunity and to be playing at a game that this, this magnitude and be, and be equally as competitive, you know, so um you know we want every game to be this way uh we want we if we're going to be able to reach the pinnacle of of, of the level that we think we can as a program we're going to have to compete in games like this and uh you know we're excited for the opportunity it sounds like your kids got a chip on the show about this one i guess there was some stuff going around on social media or some something silly like that talk about the pitfalls of social media but it sounded like you know some disrespect was kind of thrown your way i don't know if it has anything to do with newtown's football program itself but it sounds like they have your kids definitely have a chip on their shoulders. They feel a little kind of like, you know, some, a little disrespected. 
I mean, you know, I, I talked to Coach about that, uh, Coach Madison. That, yeah, that was something that I think was completely misconstrued. It was actually a sociology project. <laughs> I, I think that maybe went wrong. But um, right. Yeah, there's nothing. There's nothing to that. You know, I don't think that's not something that we've even discussed since it happened. Um, but um, no, no animosity. To be honest with you, these these kids work. They worked out together all off season. Oh, that's uh, good. You know. Our, yeah, our, our guys worked out with a lot of these guys from Newtown. There's a lot of mutual respect there, to be honest. You know, and I think it's good to see. I, maybe in the past that wasn't the case, but I think the guys from Newtown, they respect our guys, and, and we respect their guys. You know, we, we know they uh, you know they have a lot of talent, and, and they have a great work ethic. You know, we, for our boys, we pride ourselves in our work ethic in the offseason and knowing that we were grinding side-by-side side with those guys you know that that that's that's the beauty of this matchup is that we're both blue collar hard working teams yeah. and um, and I think that's why it's going to be a great game I can't remember our Danbury uh, area game getting this kind of much buzz you know cause again you guys don't play but it's two of the best you know you guys are on the rise and Newtown's been established I mean you throw maybe a Ridgefield game but you know Ridgefield's rival is Wilton I mean we're Danbury's rival is who I I don't know I mean <laughs> Uh, there are plenty of them, but um, so this is big, though. This is uh, I'm excited. I, I I can't wait. This is gonna be great. Yeah, we are too, and and it's awesome that that's the conversation right now. You know that we're not going into this game. It's like oh boy, you know here we go. Uh, the fact that it is everybody's excited about it. I think it's gonna draw a great crowd. You know that's what high school football is all about. Yeah. And uh, you you want to be playing in meaningful games, and you want big crowds, and you want excitement to build around it, and. You know, it's, it's like this whole conversation has gone full circle. You know, we talked about creating a buzz and, you know, uh, making football exciting again in, in, the, in this community. And, and, and it's great to see that that's going to be the case Friday night. It sounds like that's where, exactly where it's going. Listen, Coach, amazing job so far. Big moment. This week, you got Darian after that. Don't forget that. <laughs> so, you know, work cut out for you. But, uh, wow, you know, I did forget. Thank God you just told me. <laughs> oh, All right. Well, listen, Coach, you've got a tremendous job so far. You're doing a great job there. And welcome. And, uh, you know, we're, we're glad to have you to join us for a little bit here. And uh, you know, good luck the rest of the way. We'll see you on Friday night. Awesome. Same here. We love you guys. You guys do a great job of covering sports and again, you know, making making it exciting for for all the kids and everybody in in, uh, in the state of Connecticut. It's our pleasure, coach. Thanks a lot. Thank you so we'll much, coach. There. Appreciate it. All right, take care, guys. Later. All right, all right Pete. That was uh, Coach Augustine Terry. I'm fi- <laughs> he's fired up. This is their big moment, as we said before. This is their moment. Yeah, they're they're. This is it. This is kind of the Danbury team that we kind of alluded to at the beginning of the year like I, I was tempted to put a team to watch sticker on them <laughs> I was tempted to pick them against Greenwich at the beginning of the year in the Pickums. you like what they do it's so interesting and, and what uh, Coach Thierry has been able to do in the past year and a half has been pretty cool e- and pretty awesome regardless of what happens the rest of the way yeah they have arrived I mean they haven't quite arrived yet they're not you know we're not talking about them playing the state playoffs but this is this is what you want. You want to put yourself in a position to play big games, and that's what we're doing. So, with that said, the picks. The picks. Let's get the standings. Here are the standings through six weeks of the season. Uh, tied at first is uh, Doug Bonjour and Mike Fornabile, forty-four and sixteen. Doug. Um, in third place, tied is Ryan Lacey and Dave Stewart at forty-three and seventeen. Yeah. Then uh, in fifth alone is Tromboli, 42-18. Uh, tied below that is Chris McNamee and myself at 41-19. Tim Murphy comes in at 40-20. and 20. And Then it kind of falls off. Uh, Bloxham, Bloxham and Erickson are 36-24. Joe Morelli is 
35 and 25. And the eight ball went seven and three this week to get back to 500. Yeah. The eight ball is 30 and 30. Nice, 30 for 30. Nice. Yeah. And Morelli's going to have to start looking at uh, dumping guys at the trade deadline. <laughs> 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 All right, so we got wholesale <laughs> changes in Morelli land. All right, so what do we got? We got some big games this week, We got some big man. games coming up in week seven. Uh, so right off the bat, nice little 3.30 start on Friday. We got Maloney at Newington. Oof, man, Newington uh, has been really kind of feast or famine, man. They, they, they lost that plat game a couple weeks ago going into their bye week. I do like their quarterback, Nick Petrosello. Uh, Gunnar Johnson and Jordan Alexander, the the, the backs are the, the receivers there, and John Manning Jr. They're pretty good, um, but you know, I don't see anybody stopping Maloney. I, I, you know, they've come Not this that far. Offense. I mean, you get them down, and they still come back at you. You know, yeah. and, you know, I like I like Angel R, the uh, the quarterback. Like you said, Morena before. I'm going to go with Maloney and Spottins. Yeah, I'm going to go with Maloney until proven otherwise. I think their offense is, is one of the best in the CCC. They keep scoring. They don't go down. You know, they when they're down, they come back. Like, you can't – they haven't been knocked out yet. So Speaking um, of uh, Newington, I saw Jason Payson, but there it is, brothers at game, Bullard Haven. Jason, great guy. Him and his family hanging out. Nice. So I'm going to go with Maloney, too. All right. Uh, next game, we're going to go over to the NVL. Uh, Seymour at Oxford. Yeah, we haven't heard a lot from Seymour. Haven't heard a lot from Seymour this year. Uh, they lo- they know- lost a game by one, and they won a game by one yeah. the last and, two weeks. And what we know about Oxford is they like to throw the ball. Kid Mitchell, but They yeah. just throw the ball. They don't have one rush, run kid, on the, according to their stats. They don't have, no one has run for 100 yards for the season yet, meaning like... <laughs> no total 100 yeah, yards. Yeah, Kaden Mitchell is your leading uh, leader in the clubhouse, 80 yards rushing. Yeah. He's the quarterback. Um that said, I'm I'm gonna go with Seymour. Yeah, they've I feel won, like they've won some close games, played in some close games. Winning those close games is very important. I think Oxford is just still trying to figure out something. So Seymour's Seymour. pretty young for uh, Seymour's pretty young there. I mean, Harmeling is only a junior quarterback, and he's been pretty good. Uh, I'm gonna go with Seymour as well. All right, the third game, nice SEC matchup: Amity at Hillhouse, an Amity team that's still kind of trying to figure out their offense. But at the end of the day, they have Joe Dicello. And that defense is awesome. Digello is the heart, soul, brains, and, and pistons of that team. Yeah, I mean, well, how he does everything. He, he threw. He played a little quarterback oh last week. God. <laughs> and then they and they beat uh, McMahon only fourteen to seven. You know, and McMahon's been giving up a lot of points. And they just, you know, they lost their quarterback to start the year. He went to Hampton Hall. Whatever. They're still winning without him. They got the Jello. Uh, ben Owaskowitz is their quarterback. I don't know whether he played or I don't know what the story was there. But, you know, it, their defense, Amity. Their they defense is They stout. do not give up any they don't, points. They don't. And, you know, they just had a, a little bit more offense, man. But Craig's defense is ridiculous. Yeah, they play hard. They they, they don't give by. up. They don't, you know, they're, they're going to give it their all every time. And because of that, I'm going with that. Yeah, really Hillel is still pretty young. They did get their first win. Of the, they, they smacked Stratford 41 nothing. Yeah. But uh, I'm definitely going to go with the Spartans here. Yeah, me too. All right, now we're going to jump over to the Pequot. We talked about them before. A little surprise team, SMSA at Coventry. Coventry is also good. Three wins. You know, Tom Hammond, the new head coach, took over Tony Benino. They said at the top, no one thinks we're going to do anything. They won three games last year. Coming off, I guess, a playoff berth, I guess, the year before or two years before. Um, but they said we're going to surprise people. And sure enough, you know, I don't care that Valley Regional is kind of banged up and hurt and everyone's kind of taking their shots. Good, you still give them your all when you play them yeah. because they're Valley Regional. And, that was, and, they, and they beat them. They yeah. beat them pretty good. Um, so that's pretty good. They, they got Caleb Carlson. Uh, I guess I remember his brother played or something like that. But they have Jordan Smith running the ball well. 
Uh, this is a pretty good SMSA team. Yep. I mean, I don't know exactly what their quarterback situation is. Last week, he had Mark Boyer co- coming in for, I guess, Devin Hill. And, uh, you know, he's throwing t- touchdowns. Jordan Rivera was the guy there, though. He was score- he scored four touchdowns, and they beat a pretty good Ellington team. After SMSA had lost to Grandy, um, a game I was a little surprised at. But uh, SMSA, back to their winning ways. I just think SMSA, too many weapons. I'm going with them. Yeah, I'm going to go with SMSA, too. Wait, what's their... What's their the, the Tiger Hawks. The Tiger Hawks. That's right. That's so right. I'm going to go with SMSA as well. Love what they're doing up there. Uh, next game, we're going up the shoreline, up to the ECC, Ledyard at Bacon Academy. Well, Pete, Ledyard has had its struggles this year. Woodstock Academy beat them. Griswold beat them. New London beat them. Uh, just not a, a lot of offense. They're killingly beat them as well. Uh, Bacon is been up and down. I mean, they haven't beaten a good team yet on their schedule. I mean, Ledger's still a long ways. For, uh, Clay Killingworth has got a long way to go there with them. Um, I'm going to go with the Bobcats. I'm going to go with the Bobcats, too. Yeah. Bacon Academy. <laughs> Great. All that bacon. All right. <clears throat> now we're getting into the, the meat. Here we go. Of, uh, Here the we go. Fairfield Prep at NFA. Got Prep coming off of two losses. NFA. And NFA coming off of two losses. Two very good, talented teams that we like. Um, Champ Long feels like he's he's hitting his stride yeah. right now. Uh, he's the quarterback now of Fairfield Prep, and I feel like he, he's just getting better each and every week. Uh, NFA has injuries. It is a long drive though from Prep to NFA. They can't walk to this game. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> so um, that said, uh. this is a, a Prep team. It's a hard schedule. They play a lot of good teams. I'm going to go with Fairfield Prep and Champlain. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with Fairfield Prep, too. I mean, listen, this this is a team that is in every game. I don't care who they play. Play St. Joseph, they're in it. You know, the score doesn't really fl- reflect it. They're in the Newtown game. I mean, Prep is really a few plays away from being, you know, a contender at this point. Yep. They're not. Their best days are ahead of them, however, because Champlain is going to be here for, it. you know, at least a few more years. Um, if not the whole whole thing, I mean, he's a, he's a freshman. He's the next he's the next big guy. So, uh, but you know, NFA can't catch a break. Austin Richards goes down after his school record game against Glastonbury. They go into Shelton. He goes down week after. They lose Jacob Hosko. They're off this. Another they're on the third string quarterback, Pete. Yeah, Jane uh, Desilius, who did well against West Haven, but uh, NFA it's kind of in crisis mode. Yeah, uh, they got to figure out what they have a great wide receiving core. And they just can't get any consistency with their quarterbacks, and they just everyone. I don't know what they're doing out there, but that's a tough spot. NFA and, and Fairfield Prep. And I feel like Fairfield Prep. It's like they're like caged animals now. We want to win. Yeah, you know. So I I love Fairfield Prep in this game. I think I think it's going to be a pretty big big win for them. Yeah, Although they don't score a heck of a lot, but no. I just love the way Long is playing. He do he he looked St. Joe in the eye and did not blink. So, yeah, good he played very well. They were in that game for most of it. Um, I like prep coming off, and again, coming off of three straight losses, and those are not easy games that they played. Nope. So they're going to be they're going to be biting. They're going to be itching. Um, so I'm going to take prep. Uh, we're going to go back to the Pequot. This is a very interesting game. We got <laughs> one win, Cromwell Portland. They won their game three nothing in the opener against <laughs> HK, and then Morgan, who hasn't won a game. This is interesting because. Yes, you win a game, it counts as a win. Like you, Wins aren't taken away. 
Yeah. So that's but it. that said, you look at it and they look pretty even across the board where it's like one of these teams needs to do something. JP's team that you guys burned me the last time. I picked you two weeks, a few weeks ago. You guys burned me. Guess, guess I Ellington. Love huh? I love Pete and I. We love Pete too, but you guys burned me. So I'm gonna I'm gonna swing around and I'm gonna get uh, I'm gonna pick Randall's team here. You know, I saw them against North Brantford uh, a few weeks ago, and uh, they actually had a two touchdown lead in that game. So I'm going North uh, Cromwell Portland. I'm gonna go with Morgan. I'm gonna, really? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with Morgan. They 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 put up 29 points last week against Windsor Locks, which is not bad. Uh, which is not bad. They're, it looks like they went from six points to zero points, six points now to 29. Ooh. Um, Cromwell Portland hasn't scored more than 20 points all, all season. Um, <laughs> they did score twice against North Brantford. They did score twice against North Brantford. Um, but I'm gonna go with Morgan. The the Huskies are gonna get their first win of the year. All right, fair enough. Now, now we're, <laughs> this is an interesting game now. They're all Say what you want about about the records for these teams. You got MCW, MCW United at Wilcox Tech. Both of these teams are MCW's 0 and 4. Wilcox is 0 and 5. MCW hasn't scored a point yet this season. They've been shut out all four games. Wilcox Tech has scored 12, 20 points all season. Uh, this is at Falcon Field Saturday night. This is one of these teams has to win this game. Yeah, <laughs> the way the game is played, there are no ties in football. So one of these teams has to win this game. MCW United is what well, since they came together in 2016, they're 0 and 33 in their games. They were 0 and 29 heading into the year, 0 and 4 this season. That said, this is it. This is the week MCW United breaks out wow. and they beat Wilcox Tech. Really? Yep. Okay. I'm going. I'm going. Jen Sango's going to get her first career win. The Fighting Stango Garzones. They wished me a nice happy birthday last week. That was really nice. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to repay the favor by picking Wilcox Stang. Really? Yeah, I'm going with the. I'm going with Wilcox. I don't think the streak ends here. I'd like to see them prove me wrong because Jen, the first female coach in Connecticut uh, football history, as everyone should know, you know she does. She deserves a win. She works hard. She that, works really hard there. That, oh, she's, I think she might be one of the, or if the only coach in the state right now, who's the head coach of three major sports. Yeah. She's the head coach of the football team. She's the head coach of the Wilkitech girls basketball team. She's the head coach of the softball team. Yeah, yeah. She puts in a lot of work, and I, I think it's going to benefit this week, and they're going to get their first win. All right. All right. I'd like to see him prove me wrong, but I'm going to pick Wilcox Tech. <laughs> prove me wrong, Jen. All right. Here we go. Here are the two big ones. Here are the big games of the weekend that everybody's circled, everyone's paying attention to. There we, we go. got two top ten teams, Ridgefield at St. Joe's. This has been a great game the last few the few years they played. Remember the comeback St. Joe had? It's not in the traditional sense of the rivalry, but they've had their battles over the years. Ridgefield beat Wilton. They're, I saw them against Staples. I thought their defense played great. They got uh, they got Reed Engler, who's going to Columbia. Monster. Dan Maroney, he's got three pickoffs for them. Xander Scavone, Owen Gatos, really good defense. They have a really good quarterback, Owen Matthews. But sometimes they just don't. They take their forever to score points. It took sometimes. against Wilton. It took a double pass to get them going. Yeah, a double pass for a touchdown, which was awesome. Uh, I think it was uh, Dylan McNamara uh, through that through the pass. He's the backup a quarterback. 
Um, that really got them going against Wilton. It was only 21-0. It was only 21-0. Their offense is taking it's taking its time. I don't know you what the problem is. can't do that against St. Joseph's. St. Joseph's, nothing. <laughs> you can't do that against St. Joseph's. We talk about defense. Richfield's defense is playing really well. St. Joseph's, Joseph's defense, defense has been playing well for five years. Much better. <laughs> you know, Mike Morrissey, uh, Jermaine Williams, Cole De Silva, Davy Siles. I mean, Whopper. Whopper. They're just, they're everywhere. Monsters. They're, people have telling me this is the best St. Joseph's defense that they've ever seen, which is saying something, saying something. Con- considering the teams that have come before them. Yeah, there's 13 was a really they good team. They are stout. They are such a good Matakevich's teams. Um, that said, you can't play slow against St. Joe's. You can't take time to get going. You have to be ready to go when the ball is kicked off because if you lull for half a second, St. Joe's will take advantage, they will score, and they will put you to sleep very easily. And I'm not picking against St. Joe's again. <laughs> so I'm going, with, I'm going with the Hogs. Especially at Hog Hill, Yeah, I'm going with the Hogs. Yep. You know, at this... It's gonna be great. It's gonna be. It'll be a fun game. It'll be a fun game. Ridgefield certainly has the guys to do it, but that offense—they need against St. Joe's defense. They need to come out. They oh. need to come out early, and they need to put up points early if they are going to hang with St. Joe's. St. Joe's will put them to sleep. Owen Matthews, let's get the guys going, man. Let's prove us wrong. But you know, that's a that's a tough. That's a tall, tall order. Ridgefield gets its first loss. Yep, and then uh, the final game, we talked about it, Darian at Greenwich. Darian at Greenwich, big game. This is, Darian played Southington earlier this year. They beat him. It was a pretty good game. Uh, There was a late pick six on the final drive. You take that away, it's a very close game. Southington's defense played very well. It looks like Darian's offense is starting to pick up uh, with Peter Graham and Mike Minikis. They have a great defense. Little Kirby the other day. What eleven interceptions, Darian? Eleven. Has this How year? about that? Darian's got eleven interceptions so far. You want to talk about good defenses? Yeah. Nobody's talking about Drew Vancic, by the way, and Will Bothwell. Nobody's talking about those guys. Together, those two guys have got uh, twelve and a half sacks. Yeah. Yeah. Like Drew Van. You know, obviously Mark Vancic, one of the all-time sack, but the all-time sack leader in Connecticut. But uh, you know, Drew's <laughs> Drew's been just as good, and he's got his guy there. You know, Will Bothwell. Those two guys. Sandwiching teams. Yep. Um, I love their defense. They play great against uh, uh, against Southington. Uh, you game a game that you saw. They got they got guys there. Uh, their offense sometimes you wonder. Greenwich doesn't turn the ball over. Never. James Ranello has one interception. It came in his first game against Danbury. Fourteen. Fourteen touchdowns. touchdowns one, one interception. Pick. He went six for six against West Hill for three touchdowns. But I see, I could see Darian giving them a lot of trouble. I could see, honestly. I could see this being an awesome game. Darian has owned Greenwich in this spot the last few of the last few years. I don't remember if they, I don't think they played last year, but um, I don't know. Greenwich again. Greenwich has not played anybody yet. This is their moment. This is their moment for for uh, Ranello, for Morello, for even for Barber. It's, it's it's a whole new team. Let's see it, guys. Let's see it. And Darian is their first big test. That said, I'm going with. The Defending double L champs, I'm going with the Cardinals. Yeah, me too. I'm, this is Jim Ranello's game. This is like we said earlier in the show. This is Jack Wallace going up against New Canaan. This, this is his moment. This is his moment. So everyone, and it's not bad to talk about Gavin Muir because what Gavin Muir did last year was awesome. He's a great kid and a great football player. But this is James Ranello's time to be like, okay, hey, I'm the quarterback of Greenwich now. This is my game. This is his big win. So I'm going to go with the Cardinals as well. Sorry. Right, oh, so- and the Cardinals still have AJ Barber. Let's not forget that. 
AJ Bobber is a stud. But, <laughs> all right, so we've run out of time. That's the, the meat grinder for this week. Should be an awesome week. We're all fired up. We're ready to go. It's game time. We're It's the push for the playoffs. we got about a month left. Let's go. Let's find out what happens for Pete Bogwaga. I'm Sean Patrick Bowley. This has been the meat grinder on Game Time CD. Later. <laughs>